Today on Lockdown Red Wings, Detroit erases a 2-0 deficit and wins in the shootout thanks to a 40-save performance from Alex Lyon. Your Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I'm a podcast producer for the Daily J, a WWJ news radio podcast. Well, Scotty's host over at Locked On Tigers, as well as a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. And today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKEDONNHL to get up to $100 matched on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. And Scotty, we talked about it coming into today's episode. The Red Wings were going to have to play up to their competition and play a near-perfect game if they wanted to beat the LA Kings. Well, they did not play a near-perfect game, but they still got the win over the LA Kings. Um, before we get into it, Scotty, we, we've been doing this for a couple weeks now. It's been our new thing along the skid. Um, although, I'm not going to say it. You know what? I'm not going to say it. I don't want to jinx it. Scotty, what is your one word that you would use to describe this game? <sighs> There's a few, honestly, that come That's to my mind with right this there. one. Um, I think the word I'm going to use is exciting. This was a this was a not only exciting. Yeah, I, I like that one. I'm pretty pleased with it because it, it it's on multiple facets, right? It's exciting because you are now. You have the opportunity to take all six from this West Coast trip, which is very exciting. Uh, and the hockey game itself was thrilling, unbelievably exciting. Uh, it was a really close game. Uh, this is, I mean, we'll we'll break it down, obviously, but the Wings got punched in the mouth early and then were able to come back. You talk overtime was really exciting. Uh, obviously, the shootout. I've never said anything bad about it. It's my favorite thing. <laughs> like it's, it's, you know what I mean? Like the, the, I, I think exciting because of how many different ways uh, that it fits big picture, season outlook, smaller picture, all that. Obviously it's one game. I'm not trying to make it sound like anything more than just one game, but uh, this was a really, really, really big win for the Detroit Red Wings. No, it's, it's one game, but it was a really important game for the yeah. Detroit Red Wings on so many different levels. I mean, you know, if they lost to LA Kings, I wouldn't have been surprised, but would I have been disappointed? Yeah. So, I mean, if you're talking about the word that I would want to use to talk about this win over the LA Kings, I think mine would be, I was going to say relieved, but that's not the right word. I would almost say encouraging. That's the word that I want to say. It's encouraging. Um, it was by far a flawless game. The first period by the Red Wings was abysmal, especially defensively. But they, in games past, where a bad first and being down by a couple goals would have spelled the end of this game for the Detroit Red Wings, they battled back in the second and hung in there in the third to force a shootout and ultimately win it. But I don't think we can really talk about this game without first talking about who we probably is the biggest contributor to this victory, which would be Alex Lyon, right? Scotty, I mean, a 40 safe performance in 65 minutes of heist time, because uh, five minute overtime included, 40 saves, 43 shots against, goals ex goals saved above expected, 
of 0.60 and save percentage of 930. Yeah, there was the third goal in the third period was probably one that he would have wanted back, but that was after he had already faced 35 shots against. I mean, he was he was star number one for the Detroit Red Wings in this game. In games prior, Scotty, where goaltending would have given up many more goals on many fewer shots, he didn't. And he gave the Red Wings more than an opportunity to win this game, and they ultimately pulled it out, and they couldn't have done it without him. 100%. And this is, uh, again, like going back to earlier in the week and obviously during this entire losing skid, like the 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 phrase that I keep saying is, you know, I want to be surprised once by goaltending. And, and Alex Lyons, since coming back, has, has been very, very solid. And this was a fantastic performance. Uh, he was stellar. Obviously, the shootout uh, was perfect in the shootout. But made a couple of really nice saves in overtime. And then in the third period, uh, he I don't even want to call it a softy. Maybe it's a softy under the arm, right? Like kind of squeeze through a little bit, whatever. Um, but I, I mean, outside of that, I mean, from what, five minutes into the first period on, uh, he was he was nearly perfect. So uh, unbelievable performance, absolutely kept the Red Wings in this game, which is again, what, We've been kind of the bar that we've been setting, which is somewhat of a subjective bar, but uh, it was objective that in this game he achieved that. Yeah, and it's it's almost to a point where you know this is his fourth start in a row, uh, and you know I was coming into it be like you you play him again against the Kings and then maybe rest him for the Ducks, but this is the first time the Detroit Red Wings have had consecutive wins since December fifth. Yeah. Those the last victory the Red Wings had before that overtime loss to the San Jose Sharks that began this tailspin downward, you know, was a month ago. And that was the last time that they had had consecutive wins. December 5th uh, against the Buffalo Sabres was the third game in a row for the Detroit Red Wings and a third victory in a row for the Detroit Red Wings. And since then, they they haven't put two in a row together. And so doing that on the road, and yeah, you, you barely eked out a win against the San Jose Sharks, but it's still in the win column. It had its issues. But it's winning. It's in the win column. Now you go to L.A. after a soft first. You're down 2 nothing, and you make a push in the second. You clean up a lot of those mistakes. Not all of them. There were still plenty of mistakes to be had later in the game, but they didn't cost you. And then your offense, the offense that we saw, like there were flashes in the first period. Nonetheless, those flashes definitely like they became more permanent in the second period. The pressure was on by the Red Wings and they, they ate away at that lead before, you know, they got to intermission. It was two, two. So I just overall thoughts on this game is, is like I said, encouraging just because of the fact that, you know, after just an abysmal start, they didn't let it, they didn't let it crumble and they just kept at it. hundred percent, man. Yeah. This was, uh, this was the perfect, retaliation isn't the right word response. There we go. Uh, this was the perfect response to getting punched in the mouth early, right? Like you, you gave up the goal very early on in the game. Then you had the rebound goal a few minutes later. And next thing you know, you're whatever, four and a half, five minutes into the hockey game and you're down two nothing. And they responded in a big way. The defense was really porous early on. It, It was pretty weak. Uh, it was not good at all. And the Kings were getting shot opportunities in very high danger spots, pretty much anywhere they wanted in the slot. And uh, up until, you know, right in front of the net there. 
Uh, it was a, a really, really weak performance to start off. And then something flipped, man. I, I, and it wasn't even like intermission. It was toward the end of the first period, those last couple of minutes in the first. Uh, something flipped. And, and the rest of the game, they were they were really, really solid. And that's a huge testament to this team. I think that that's a fantastic sign. Uh, it's, it's reassuring and refreshing because it's been a while since – uh, we've seen that type of performance, but I mean, straight up, man, if you take out the first five minutes and you, you know, that's a slippery slope. Yeah. You, you got to count all 60, obviously, cause that's what, uh, matters at the end of the day. And that's, what's in the score sheet. But if you take out the first four or five minutes of this hockey game, I mean, you're talking about a, a dang near dominant performance over a really good team, bro. Alex Lyon did not get a single star in the game. Yeah, that's wild. That's Lucas wack. Raymond got the number one star, which I would assume because of the fact that he had the shootout winner. Yeah. Uh, Robby Fabry had the second star, two points, two goals for him, and Daniel Sprong with two assists. Wait, the Raymond? Third star. Raymond was the number one star. I'm assuming. Yeah, I mean, he had the winner. first goal. Yeah. Yeah, in the shootout. Yeah, yeah, which was right. the winner because the. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't score. So Kane sealed it. Didn't give him another opportunity. Right. But, yeah. Um, bizarre forty save appearance by Alex Lyon, 930 save percentage, didn't give him a single star. That's that's wild to me, but nonetheless. Uh, Scotty, in, in segment two, let's go down a little bit more in depth, period by period, because it was just the script got flipped. Um, I want to talk about the defense in the first period because it was abysmal, and it's more of what we have seen as an issue for the Red Wings. But then, of course, we'll finish off talking about the second period and the third period, which were much improved. So stay tuned to that. Segments two and three on Lockdown Red Wings. <clears throat> Got to talk to you guys today about FanDuel. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action. America's number one sports book. That is FanDuel. Right now, new customers get up to 150 bucks in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. Scotty, I was feeling, I was feeling myself a little bit. A lot of my other bets today, they hadn't been going my way. So first period, you know what you do when you lose, right? You know, they always say like, you're always one away. Uh, so I put some money on, the Red Wings, Road Dogs against the LA Kings. And I got the dub. I also bet on Sweden after uh, Czechia got out to that early one nothing lead. The odds shifted towards Sweden's favor. Got some pretty good odds in the, on, the, on the Swedes. Got that dub as well. You, uh, all on FanDuel. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and make your first bet a chip shot. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Segment two, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Scotty, the first period, um, I want to go a little bit more in depth here because that first period was just, the Red Wings came out flat and quickly, it was a minute 15 into the game, the Kings were up one nothing. something that we have seen so much in this season and in this stretch in particular, where the Red Wings just give up a quick early goal. They look like they're just not ready for the start of the game to happen. And this one was no exception. The Kings break across the blue line. Justin Hall, Ole Mata are backing up. Pierre-Luc Dubois, I believe it was, comes across the, the zone, cuts across. Justin Hall makes the decision to chase. Leaving his position, crosses in front of Ole Mata to his side. Now Ole Mata's got to cross over and take... Uh, Adrian Kemp down low in front who cu cuts across himself. The puck comes down low to Alex, uh, Alex Lafer Laferriere. Got to make sure. Not that guy. 
barrier. <laughs> right, different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Olimata is in no man's land now. He's covering yeah. a guy down low, but now a guy's coming down from below the hash marks with no one pressing him. So Olimata has to make a decision to challenge the puck carrier. This is where Joe Valeno has to make the decision to, as the center, your job is to basically be a third high D-man. You see Olimata have to go cover. Joe Valeno has to recognize that and cover uh, Kemp, who's back door, and doesn't or does makes the decision too late, and it's quick oh, one nothing. And a lot of that, Larry Murphy did a great breakdown of it in the first intermission, so if you can, go back and listen to it. But a lot of it has to do with the fact that Justin Hole chased out of position, and you... With the way that the Red Wings want to run this defensive scheme, uh, being overzealous in the D zone is something that this team cannot do. It really left only Mata high and dry, and I feel like Mata is like the one guy in this in this instance who is guilt-free. He was left in a tough spot. Either you leave Lafayere, who is, who is breaking in all alone uh, from below the hash marks on Alex Line, and hope Alex Line can make the save, covering Kemp back door, or you abandon Kemp and try and break up the pass slash shot opportunity and hope Joe Valeno covers. And neither of those things happened. It was a major breakdown defensively for the Red Wings who just continue to miscommunicate and look out and just find themselves out of position. And it's, it's people are going to blame the system, but that's an instance right there where it's just players making dumb overzealous decisions that cost the Red Wings. Yeah. And, that, and again, like in the first period specifically, that wasn't the only case of that. There were, there were, at least two almost identical situations there, maybe even a third. But yeah, man, there was uh, that that point you had there is is probably the best one of just like this system can't you you cannot afford to do that with the system they're trying to implement, um, and they adjusted really well, and I don't think did in in periods two and three. And there's a lot of you know this is a a textbook definition of like quality versus quantity mm -hmm. as far as like the king's shots go right the kings had uh outshot the red wings pretty uh comfortably i i'll i'll say but <laughs> at the way. end of the day i mean you pointed it up to me before we hopped on air i mean the uh the quality of shots was almost identical and that was really uh, you know that was something that i don't think you really needed to to look at numbers to to feel like solidify right that's something that just in the game i mean especially again in periods two and three the kings did not have very many high danger shots most of the shots on net they had were just like oh we just need a shot on net here type of plays right just like uncompetitive backhands or or just you know slap shots from far away uh, there wasn't too many high danger instances like that once you got past the very rough start of the hockey game there so um, and then obviously the, the exact opposite for the wings. The the offense got a lot better after the first period. So yeah, man. I, I mean, again, in-game adjustments is something that I think is, is, I mean, Captain Obvious statement here, but is so important. And for as much during this streak as people have, I don't know about begun to, but uh, there there are some people that have questioned the coaching. And, you know, the, the conversation around Newsy, big picture, starting to happen more, right? Like, he's been here for over a year now. Uh, like, th as those conversations, you know, intensify and get a little bit more serious, I think credit where credit is due is also very important as well. And uh, anytime you can make in-game adjustments like that and, uh, again, like, be on the road, like West Coast roadie on the road against – I know they're they're sliding lately, but still a team that that's much better than you on the year – 
down two nothing five minutes into the game and walk out of there with two points, man. And and uh, dang near shut the door on him, shut him out for the last. Obviously, you know whatever they I almost shut out after five minutes in is probably a little bit too much of a cherry pick stat, but you get my point. No, I mean, it's fair because, you know, we talk about the first period, the Red Wings in the defensive zone, they were scrambling. I, I can count. Well, I can't count, actually. It was it happened too many times. Way. Right. It, it happened too many times where the Red Wings were, they weren't ready for the pressure that the LA Kings were bringing and they were puck watching. They were watching the puck carrier and were not looking at passing lanes. And it felt like they were passing through the offensive zone to guys wide open back door or across the zone with ease because yeah. everybody was looking at the guy with the puck. They made that adjustment in the second period, and they came out a lot stronger. You know, so we have we they talked about it in the first intermission, right? Like the Kings had 17 shots, the most shots that the Red Wings had allowed in the first period all season long, to the Red Wings eight. But the expected goals in that first period was actually almost dead even. In fact, now that it's the game's over and the the final tally is done, the Red Wings in the first period with only eight shots on net had an expected goals of 1.85 to the Kings 1.44. So while the passing and the pressure was coming all the Kings way. And I pointed this out. The Red Wings defense was abysmal, but I pointed it out online. Not yet here. I'm about to say it. In the offensive zone, the Red Wings weren't getting a lot of opportunities, but the opportunities they were getting were good opportunities. There were there were flashes of that offense. So they came back out in the second period. They locked down the defense a little bit more. I'm not going to say like it was they were airtight. Like there were definitely still errors, and Alex Lyon went god mode in the second period. But they turned it turned on their own forecheck, turned on their own pressure. And that's when you got the goals. I mean, that uh, Robbie Fabry goal was absolutely incredible. Which one? Um, <laughs> the, the first one. Because, and not because of the way it finished. Like, it was like a sloppy play at the end. But Robbie Fabry, taking advantage of a, a failed scoring chance by the Kings, carries the puck up the ice, passes the puck to Daniel Sprong, who, between the two of them, easily transitioned through the neutral zone into the offensive zone, clean break and something we haven't seen a whole lot of. Players carrying the puck across the blue line. We, they, this, this is a team that's struggled in the transition and struggled puck handling. They've done a lot of dump and chasing. In this instance, that wasn't the case. Daniel Sprong, as Robbie Fabry crashes in that, he finds uh, Daniel Sprong finds Olimata back door. And of course, you know, Olimata joining the rush, you know, he's like me joining the rush with my team. I'm up there for, to be a decoy. I'm not expecting the puck. I'm just trying to draw a defender. Well, Olimata got the puck and he was not ready for it. Uh, bobbled it, managed to knock it towards the front. Robbie Fabry just knocks it home. Wasn't a pretty finish, but it was a pretty setup. And they needed that goal because just before that, you know, the Kings had that power play. You go down 3 nothing, all that pressure and momentum they had been building would die. But they kill the penalty. They get the goal. It's 2-1. to one. And that goal, I believe, by Robbie Fabry, no, it's the goal by Jeff Petrie just moments later, carrying the momentum was expired right at the end of the Red Wings power play. Where yeah. the first half of that power play, they didn't have a lot of momentum. They didn't have a lot of pressure. But the second half, they did apply some pressure. And right as that power play expired, I like to call these pseudo power play goals because you're five on five now, but you have the momentum still, and you're still controlling the puck in the offensive zone. So Jeff we Petrie, had to come up with a way cooler nickname than pseudo power play, man. Well, because it's not an actual power no, play. No, no, no. I know. I'm just saying, like, we could come up with actually a dope nickname for it. Okay. Well, you'll we'll you brainstorm. Work on, we'll you, brainstorm. you work on that. Um, Jeff Petrie slap shot, dying breed type of shot. Didn't really have a great game in my opinion, but that was a hell of a shot. Yeah, we'll that, take it. A great screen from David Perron. Riddick didn't have a chance on two, two. And the Red Wings now are, have erased that deficit because they played, a, had, had that adjustments you were talking about. 
and played a much more sound, complete second period. And now it's a clean hockey game going into the third. Yeah, you know, and and you mentioned there, I think one of the things you mentioned there was one of the like keys to the game for this team was just puck possession in general. And like the broadcast talked a little bit about it. I want to say in the second period, I want to say. Um, and, and they were talking about like puck management, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I just think that when you go back and you look at the games in this skid and you look at like San Jose, even though they got a win out of it, whatever, you know, you see a lot of, you know, we, we've been complaining about passing a lot lately and turnovers and giveaways a lot lately. And I just feel like this was a significant improvement in that area. Like this game was a, a much more, and, and I don't know, like the takeaway numbers or anything. And honestly, I don't even really believe in takeaway or turnover numbers uh, as far as like counting stats go. Because so gray area there. It, yeah, it's such a, a gray subjective uh, metric in hockey. But um, I just, I felt like as far as team puck control went there, there was one, whoever, I forget who it was. Somebody punted the puck and just, it was like the, one of the worst turnovers I've ever seen outside of that. Um, I thought that as a team, they played, uh, just a, a lot of high IQ, smart, you know, opportunities. The only time they were dumping was, uh, on changes or when somebody had like clearly had the outside edge there and, um, yeah, I, I just I felt like this was a a really sound is really the word I want to use. It's really exciting is my word, but the the descriptor I'm going to use here, I, I think sound is uh, summarizes it pretty well. Yeah, and I mean after the, a, a nice comeback second period, nice response, they gave themselves an opportunity to res- to to take the game in the third period, and uh, we'll talk about that in segment three of Lockdown Runners. Doing a period, doing a period of, uh, a segment here it seems. So stay tuned. It's almost the halfway point of the NHL season. Man, it's it's come so fast, man. It is it's crazy. It is, it has gotten here in a in a hurry. And regardless of where the Red Wings are in the standings, which by the way, just they're still right there. They could still wild card, third in the division, still very attainable. Uh, I want to remind you that you could win big by playing Daily Fantasy Hockey on Sleeper, the official Daily Fantasy app of the Lockdown NHL Network. Sleeper is the number one choice for Daily Fantasy Sports and especially Daily Fantasy Hockey because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in Daily Fantasy Hockey contests. All you have to do is pick whether studs like Dylan Larkin, your all-star Alex Jabrinkit, or guys like Patrick Kane will record more or less than their Sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus, minus, and more in a given game. To 100 times bet on sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. You heard me, Red Wings fans. You can win 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with sleeper. So start paying attention and nail your picks so you can start winning big. Use promo code Lockdown NHL to get up to $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code Locked on NHL. See sleepers terms of use for details and locational availability. Segment three, Lockdown Red Wings podcast, uh, period three, Red Wings, Kings game. Uh, they tied 2-2. They had an opportunity to win it. Um, I thought they came out in the third period looking like they wanted to finish the hockey game, and they got rewarded early. Early power play. Um, again, another pseudo power play goal. Technically went 0-2, but as time expired, the Red Wings converted, and that was Robbie Fabry, a beautiful behind-the-back feed by Patrick Kane behind the net to Daniel Sprong and Robbie Fabry. I swear it feels like every goal he's gotten this season has just been go to the net, crash the net. And he buried the rebound on Daniel Sprong's shot. And 
three to two Red Wings. And you're thinking, okay, now they, they had a shot, but now the opportunity is there to actually steal a game in LA, like, actually steal this thing. But yeah, man, that, uh, that was that whole play was a beauty. That really was a beauty from everybody. Uh, Kane, obviously, I'm sure we'll talk about Kane a little bit more here. Um, was fantastic offensively again, and that was a fantastic pass. Sprong, man, I just I, I really want to give Sprong his flowers, man. I I just I feel like that is somebody that we talked about going into the season and we were pretty excited about. And I know, I know I was pretty excited about, and he, it's certainly not like consistent production that you can rely on, on a night to night basis, but just as far as depth production and depth scoring goes, I, I just, I feel like he is exactly what this team wanted out of a bottom six forward. Um, and he has filled that role beautifully, uh, especially, you know, in the off season losing, uh, Whatever, a couple of people, obviously, uh, in the Debrinket trade as well. But just, I, I really, I felt like Sprong, I just feel like in general, Sprong has had a really solid, like, this is what we were expecting type of season. No, you are, you're spot on. And c- full credit to you, Scotty, too, because before the season, you comped Daniel Sprong to this year's Dominic Kubelik. And I think Daniel yeah, Sprong I, is... for the life of me, couldn't remember Kubelik's name. I'm going to be honest with you. It's 2 a.m. I was sitting here, I was like, dude, we traded him to Ottawa. We got to break it. I remember Dominic. I couldn't remember Kubelik. I mean, they're both yeah. shoot-first goal scorers. Dominic, or Daniel Sprong's a little bit of a better passer. Um, and he plays slightly better two-way. Uh, he thrives in the role that he's given, which is third-line, fourth-line, shoot-first shoot guy. Shoot first yeah. guy. He's going to give you 15 to 20 goals, which from the third and fourth line is phenomenal. But that's the thing, right? Or the power play too, right? Power play goals. Yeah. People see statistics, and I'm not, I'm not trying to discredit anything that Daniel Sprong's doing. But what I want to get across here is, and we saw it with Kubelik last year, right? You start to put a player who's just who's scoring in their sheltered minutes on the third or fourth line, start to give them more of a, a role and responsibility on upper lines, higher lines to the top six. Then you start to see the cracks in their game. Daniel Sprong is thriving because he's playing sheltered minutes. He's playing in niche roles. That is not a bad thing. That is not... To discredit him. That is exactly what you signed him to do. That is exactly what he's done in his career with Seattle last year when he had 21 goals. It's because he played third, fourth line minutes. They didn't put him in high leverage situations against the best of the best because then you're going to see that he's not perfect. It's okay that he is your third, fourth line goal scorer. That is a fantastic problem to have. And it's not even a problem. This is by design. So Daniel Sprong, Two multi-point nights. He's been great for the Detroit Red Wings with Robbie Fabry's two goals. They now have five players on the team with 10-plus goals, which is awesome, just fantastic. Because if you're not going to have a top-end goal scorer like Austin Matthews, you can score 30 before the 40-game mark. You need a lot of guys who can score at least 10-plus. And the Red Wings have that. This is the part of Iserman's build this season that has absolutely worked for the Detroit Red Wings. So Daniel Sprong has been great. And he's been great because of the role that he is in. Let's keep Agreed. him that way. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> agreed. Um, on top of that, obviously, after that goal, 
the LA Kings went into full desperation. We have to tie this thing up mode. Uh, the Red Wings, to their credit, with the, the momentum being poured on by the LA Kings, where they were playing probably more aggressive than they were in the first period, the Kings were, I thought that the Red Wings did a really good job of staying alive. You know, the Kings were getting a lot of shot opportunities. Alex Stein was making big saves. Red Wings were clearing rebounds. They were blocking shots. Jake Wallman just continues to block shots. I saw a stat today that he's like third in the league in blocked shots. I did not even realize that. I mean, I knew he blocked a lot of shots, but I didn't realize he was blocked that many. Um, so the Red Wings did everything possible with the Kings just pouring it on. Weren't able to push back enough. And eventually, obviously, we know Kemp scored his second of the game on what is a goal line probably should have had, but they were pushing so hard. It felt like something had to give. Yeah, for sure. I, they, like you said, they went all out on it. And the, it wasn't without a couple of, uh, of of rushes the other way for the wings, too, that they couldn't capitalize on. They had a couple of chances to make that a a two-goal cushion and uh, and couldn't bury the puck. So, yeah, it felt, I don't want to say inevitable, but they were applying a lot of pressure. And uh, there was a lot of uh, attempts there later in the game. So, yeah, man, I I, uh, I didn't, again, Alex Lyon was, was great in this hockey game. I don't think anyone was too mad. With him I, again, I, I'm sure he would have. He would even tell you that he probably should have saved that one, but uh, didn't change the outlook of Lions game. Big picture, just meant that the strategy for what to do the rest of the third period certainly changed. They transitioned that into overtime. Few fantastic opportunities in oh, overtime for both teams. It. Uh, yeah, Lion Lion was was good in OT as well. Um, the big one, obviously, being Debrinkit, makes a fantastic defensive play, gives himself. A breakaway gives himself his own outlet pass, turns around, does a complete, you know, 90 degree turn there, heads up ice, and uh, yeah, just uh, get, gets uh, get, gets a little bit too much pad on that one. Unfortunately, just stuck the left knee out and or the left leg out and was able to get just enough on to keep it out of the net. So, yeah, that's obviously one, but the, I mean, the biggest thing in overtime for me was Dylan Larkin is a machine. I mean, oh, yeah. that he was like huffing and puffing <laughs> uh the entire ot stayed out there didn't get off the ice several times because he couldn't there wasn't a clean time to shift and uh and yeah man he was uh he he was an absolute horse made a couple of really good defensive plays just basically playing like like d basically because he he uh he didn't have the energy to go all out there and be effective in the offensive zone there uh, had a very long shift there and did really well. So yeah, did enough to get in the shootout and obviously dominate the shootout. So, yeah. And also, I mean, you, you mentioned Dylan Larkin. I thought Patrick Kane had a really yeah. good game. Alex to obviously had a really good game. Uh, Kane had one assist to Didn't get on the score sheet, but Holy hell were they so close all throughout the game. And that's their big thing, right? Like every single game they're Patrick Kane and Alex to are going to pressure, be applying pressure and be super close to scoring. Defensively, we always know. We'll always mention it. Not Rick so great. was hustling back on D in crunch time in this game, man. I and not you know he should like that's oh, his yeah. job. Oh, but, yeah. Um, he uh, he had a couple of of pretty good like in transition defensive plays and like late in big moments in this game. I was uh, pretty impressed. Not going to expect it and hold my breath about it going forward, but I was impressed <laughs> tonight. Yeah, I mean overall, I was happy. Uh, I thought Cider and Woman stepped up in a big way in this game yeah. again. Woman had big... a couple of huge plays too. Well, and Cider too. I mean, he and and to to be fair, I thought that he made a really egregious pinch for that second goal against. I don't know what he was doing. The entire play was moving up ice, and he was nowhere near 
like there there's times where taking a pinch makes sense making a pinch makes sense but he just like it wasn't even really a pinch he just didn't retreat and yeah. so Dabrinka had to cover as Wallman slid over but out, after that man he was he and Wallman were just so so good um Sider was really aggressive and shutting down plays intercepting and I mean that it's just the puck battles he wins he's been on fire these last four games now so I mean yeah overall after a soft first period, I thought the Red Wings really did deserve the two points in this game. They got outshot, they got outchanced, but I mean, it, when it comes to expected goals, they they out, they edged out the LA Kings. So, two important points and an opportunity to make it six points on the road, facing the Anaheim Ducks in Anaheim on Sunday, eight o'clock Eastern Standard Time. This is a matinee game out west, five o'clock there. Anaheim Ducks are a really bad team, Scotty. Uh, their top scorer is Fra- Frank Vitrano, 27 points in 37 games. Second is Mason McTavish, 25 and 30. Uh, and, but they are saved a little bit by their goaltending. John Gibson, 904 save percentage, slightly above league average. I don't know how he's doing it. Lucas du- Dostal, who was the Rookie of the Month in October. Dude, 901 not, I mean, Rookie of the Month and had, what, a 50, say, a 50 burger the other night against Toronto? The yeah. night where they had, like, Whatever it was, forty-three shots and no goals or something crazy. Yeah, man, he's uh, he's been on his head. He's been a huge plus for the Ducks this year. I mean, they're plus they're they're bottom ten in the league in expected goals for percentage and shot attempts at five on five. Um, but like I said, it's that goaltending that has done them favors. Uh, they're not to say like they're playing well because of their goaltenders. They're still losing the bulk majority yeah, of the games. Yeah. Uh, but they just goalies, don't have an offense this year, man. Two goalies above 900 is really hard to come by, and even more so when you're playing behind that team, and they're they're doing it. Um, but Red Wings have lost the Anaheim Ducks before in this skid. Uh, the, hopefully, you're building momentum now. Hopefully, you don't take them for granted like it looked at the, the Sharks for granted a little bit. You go in and you take care of business. And I'll be honest with you, Scotty. Like I obviously I want them to dominate the Sharks. I'm mean, not the Sharks, the Ducks, but. I'm happy with a win anyway. I can get it right now. Uh, they got two in a row to make it three in a row to make it a bona fide win streak. Come home six points out of six is going to do a lot for their standings, a lot for the confidence in the locker room, a lot for their confidence on the ice. It'll just be high vibes after. And I will say if they win the game against the Anaheim Ducks, I don't even care how they win it. I'm going to state this now, Scotty. I don't care how they beat the Ducks. If they beat the Ducks, win three in a row, all on the West Coast, I will say this skit is over. I'm now hoping for the ugliest win in the history of the National Hockey League. Yeah. <laughs> just so that just so that you have to walk that line on Monday. Um, but yeah, man, I, I'm, just I'm with you. And this is, I, I, I guess, like the some people would call it a, like a, a trap game. I don't know if that's really like fair. Like the Ducks aren't. Again, just like super great this year, but kind of a, you know, you had a high emotion, really long game tonight against a a much better hockey team. And then you go and you're ending the road trip and you're looking to go home, et cetera, et cetera. Um, But I I think this is a really good opportunity because you have a couple of days off in between these games, right? You get two, you're, you're not leaving, but you get two days of rest before you face Anaheim. I, I think that that's a, that's a fantastic way to kind of combat that that quote-unquote trap game they'll have no reason uh for this one so yeah i there's i don't know i i don't want to get like too confident or whatever there's really no reason for me on paper that they should lose this hockey game 
yeah, there's absolutely no excuse why they should lose this hockey you game. You also just played them, like you no. said, right? You you just played them, and you lost. Like, maybe, you know, don't. <laughs> Good analysis. Don't no, lose. I, that, that's, that's all the analysis you need, right? Like, this is just like the Sharks. This is one of the worst teams in the league by design. And I mean, you, you gotta, you gotta take advantage. You gotta get yeah. just as, as is Carlson back. He got hurt. Uh, they were until... pretty concerned that he was going to miss significant time. I don't even know his status of this one. Like you're even talking about like even the guys who you kind of Leon. No, it looks like he's still been hurt. Um, like I think he Troy Terry's hurt. Uh, I mean, they, they have a uh, Zegris just came back, but even when he's been healthy, he hasn't been producing at, um, kind of the extent that they were planning on going into the year, at least for this season. Like, I mean, they just, yeah, like th this is just uh, a, a game that you absolutely should win. So, yep. Uh, and then the final thing in this episode, we got to wrap it up, but world junior championships finals between USA, which has goaltender Red Wings prospect, Trey Augustine 31st overall in the 2022 draft uh, is facing Sweden who has 17th overall pick by the Red Wings, Axel Sundin Pelika, and also prospect Anton Johansson. So clash of Red Wings prospects. Uh, I am going to be watching that at one thirty. So Same. you all should be too. It'll be fun. Be fun. Red Wings future. It's going to be exciting. Uh, anyways, that'll do it. Scotty, any final thoughts? We ball, baby. We ball. We have a new episode on Monday. Almost said Sunday. Go. We'll be recording Sunday. Yeah, I was I be Monday. <laughs> same time, same place. It's your team every day. Every day. 